0: This episode is brought to you by KitCaster. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. Click the link in the show notes for a special offer. Celebrate good conversation.
1: Welcome to Interviews. Being an entrepreneur is the toughest job ever. There are no practical guidelines. So I created this podcast to help crack the entrepreneurship code join me every week as i invite entrepreneurs to share their stories the practical tips and lessons they've learned along the way don't be the main bottleneck in your business subscribe now interviews is brought to you by social prize a marketing and communication agency operating remotely since 2005. social prize specializes in digital technologies and communication, web development, e-commerce, remote working, coaching training, growth hacking. Log on their website, socialprize.me. Hi, thank you for listening. My guest today, is Hati Suvari, the founder and CEO at Red Bar Law LLP, a legal firm specializing in commercial and company dispute resolution in the UK. Hati is also the founder and CEO of Get Legally Speaking, the first UK legal consumer podcast, which has recently exceeded 1 million downloads. Well, that's an amazing achievement. Hey, Hati, thank you very much for joining me today.
2: Thank you for having me, Lauren. Thank
1: you. Great. So let's start. Tell us a little bit about your journey towards becoming an entrepreneur.
2: Yes, I did say this to you before we pressed record, didn't I? Entrepreneur is a very, very big word. So yes,
1: but I wanted you, I wanted you to say that.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, there you go. I've said it. It's all out there now. Right. So my journey, goodness gracious. when well, my journey in law started about 10 years ago. Um, So I'm uh, a non-lawyer, so I'm not a lawyer that did elective education in law. However, Mm. I wanted to own and run a law firm because in the UK, I could see how some law firms, let me say, um, were being run in a way where people couldn't get hold of their lawyers. You never know what the service is going to cost you. You get the bill after the work is finished. Mm. People generally didn't understand the process that they were going through with lawyers. And I just thought... I could, I could do a good job of this, I think, because I understand the consumer, being a consumer, having engaged in legal services myself and felt all those things. So I was the first non-lawyer to become regulated by our regulator here, which is the Solicitor's Regulation Authority, the SRA, mm. in 2012. They didn't know really what to do with me, but they, they, they basically introduced a new law saying that non-lawyers, if they passed all the tests And all the interview processes and everything they set for you, if you passed all of that, then you could become a SRA regulated legal um, individual. So I was the first one Um, and I established Red Bar Law um, and I knew what I wanted to do with it from day one. I said, right, I just want a boutique law firm where people can ask questions that they don't feel silly asking about they will understand their legal process thoroughly because that helps them make the informed decisions they need to make to get out in the best shape they can and all at a fixed cost so before Mm. they say right i'm ready for the next stage i understand what that is what's the cost going to be what is that going to actually cost me Mm. and that links into being able to sit there and say well the viability of it all is it viable for me to go down this big legal battle and road and everything else so that was Red Bar Law being established almost a decade ago. Um, and I have to say, I've got no complaints. We've run as a great boutique law firm for almost a decade. Never lost a case, which I'm very happy to be able to say, even nice. as a non-lawyer that owns and runs a law firm. Um, and around, well, I've been saying it for about five years, that do you know what? The general public, including me, you know, just don't understand the law as we should. Mm. So, it's in our everyday lives, but you don't feel like it is. For example, as a consumer, you've got consumer laws, whether you're a landlord or a tenant. You might be getting married, pre postnuptial post-nuptial agreements. You might be getting a divorce. You might be having children, starting to think about wills. So if you haven't really sat down and had to go to a lawyer, which most cases people go to lawyers and don't really get what's going on, we're, never, we're not actually taught the law anywhere unless you electively choose to go and learn it. Mm-hmm. So I I, I, um, I, was driving in the car with my 11-year-old son, and he said, Mum, why don't you do a podcast? And this was in 2019, and I said, what's a podcast? <laughs> And he said, you know, it's that it's the audio programs that people listen to. And I said, oh, that's interesting. How do I do that? So he's been my chief technical advisor. I'm not going to lie about that. He mm-hmm. came up with the idea at the at the bold age of 11 and we launched Get Legally Speaking in January 2020. Um, And I have to say, I never imagined it would have the success that it has had. Mm-hmm. Um, we know we've got over 120 episodes that have been published. We hit a million down, over a million downloads in the first 18 months, which was August this year. But I'm very grateful for that. So my journey is a bit different, Lauren. It's not your typical run of the mill. I went to law school. I came out. I had 2.4 children, a pair of slippers, and a, and a legal practice. It really isn't that road.
1: Right? Well, you'd be surprised. I talk to people with uh, like. Very different journeys like that, uh, you know, like, your, like yourself. But at the beginning of the conversation, you said that entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur, maybe it's, it's, it's too big of a word. Why are you saying that?
2: Because I read a book called Lead Without a Title many, <laughs> many years ago. In <laughs> fact, it's probably on my bookshelf somewhere behind me. Um, why do I say it's such a big word? Because, look, I'm somebody who loves work. OK, so I, I love Monday mornings. I love getting up on a Monday. I like to switch off in terms of the big and the heavy stuff by Thursday afternoon so that Fridays are more of a wrap up day um, and clear your mind day and set yourself up for the next week. Um, and I do start thinking, you know, God, I could do with another two days this week. And, um, mm. you know, I've been trying, saying it for many years. I think we should work seven days and then have two days off rather than five. (laughs) I probably won't have many fans for saying that. Um, You know, when people say an entrepreneur, that person's an entrepreneur, this person's a leader, a coach, a presenter, an innovator, whatever, it really is down to how you feel about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. If you feel great about what you're doing and you're giving, and I think that that's really a key in business and in work, If you're giving something valuable, like your podcasts, you're giving something of value to people that engage, listen, want to read the stuff that you produce, then that's really what makes you a success in what you're doing, giving something valuable. Big words like entrepreneur, you know, yes, they're there, and I just think they're a little bit overused. So I would never elect to call myself personally an entrepreneur, probably.
1: All right, so let me ask you a different question then. What are you very good at?
2: Oh, my God. You're asking that of somebody. What am I very good at? Um, I'm very good at getting up at 5 a.m., Monday to (laughs) Friday, and doing my early morning workout. That's probably been uh, just over 12 years of a routine. I'm very good at that. And people do say to me, how do you do it? And Mm. I do... I used to wonder how I did it, but I'm very good at that. I'm very disciplined. And I think that's what you need in life, no matter what you're trying to achieve, whether it's with your family, whether it's at your desk at work, or whether it's trying to set up a new business, whether it's you're researching something, or even when you go shopping, Mm -hmm. you know, I will have a list of what I need, depending on what I'm going to cook. And I will only buy what's on that list. Mm. I will not be tempted by the supermarket woes and wafts of warm bread from the bakery section if I don't need warm bread or, you know, just sit there and let my mind sort of go wild and end up with a trolley full of goods that I I didn't really come in for. So I think discipline is something that I would say personally I, I work on all the time and something that, Um, I try to master on a, on a daily basis. If you can be disciplined about whatever it is you're trying to achieve by making, having a structure, you know, simple things, making a list. I have got, and I know you can't see that because we're on the other side of the screen. I have got post-it notes everywhere, Mm -hmm. literally, because that helps my discipline and my routine because those things need to get done. And as they do, just ticking that off and knowing it's been done gets you that for that much closer to what you're trying to achieve
1: right so discipline one of the keys of your success um, anything any other lessons you can share
2: well i mean i guess everything starts with wanting wanting something enough it's a little mm-hmm. bit like how we intend for example to to go to the gym or workout and you say yep yeah, Got to, everybody acknowledges it, I don't know one person that will say, No, I don't know. really need to work out. Most people will say, Yeah, I could probably do a little bit and, and I'll get round to that. Um, but sometimes what they're trying to get round to be it, and I, I just gave you an example of being at the gym, or perhaps it's, um, you know, eating smaller portions, mm-hmm. perhaps, um, or make or you know, other things that you just think I need to get round to that people don't generally get round to things because it's not their priority to do so. Mm. If something is your priority, it doesn't matter what it is, it just finds its way to the forefront of your mind and you do it and you fit it into your schedule because you know in 2021 even though we've the world has lived through this Um, unprecedented pandemic that we've all seen and it's touched the four corners of the earth and I don't think I don't actually think there's been anyone that's not been affected by the pandemic in some way we tend to be living or seem to be living busier lives than ever everybody's busy with work and busy at home and the diaries are busting and the and and the minds are busting and nobody's got any time for anything outside of what they're really busy doing but you know Some of the most successful people in life, and that's how I like to view people, where they've got success both in their work, in their chosen vocation, and in their home, at home, Mm -hmm. um, probably have one or two things in their diary a day. In Mm. fact, one of those people who is known for it and openly has said it in his own documentaries is Warren Buffet.
0: Mm.
2: Um, And I think he's just such a great example in so many ways. So he's a man, for example, that makes billions every year. But he doesn't have this busyness. And I'm too busy to talk to you. And I'm too busy to, to put that in my diary or to see an old friend or to take care of my health or take care of my mind. Because the mindset, and that would be the second thing that I'd say if anyone said to me, what lessons have you learned that you could say to people this works for me it might work for you is taking care of your mindset
0: Hmm.
2: what you put in your mind what you carry in there how you nurture it because we do we we tend to think about physical workouts right we physically work out to look great but what's the physical state of the mind what's the well-being of the mind like it's not yes. really discussed. Um, and I I've I've been reading, you know, some people refer to them as self-help books, which kind of puts people off. Or I I, you know, I call it food for the soul, you know, it's food for your mind since I was 18 years old. Mm. Um, and I I, you know, I love reading, so it's been easy for me to do that, but I chose to read books that just open my mind and help me and take care of the well-being of my mind. And I'd say that's a massive thing in life because being a successful anything you should be successful and feel happy because that's where i would place success in contentment and happiness both again at your vocation and what you choose
1: and and behind your doors in your home it's a good point because i'm going to call them entrepreneurs okay <laughs> you do that <laughs> because entrepreneurs are very busy people you know, you know, you know that you can be you can become uh, overwhelmed with all the tasks that you have to do, all the decisions that you have to make, you know, the pressure that that you feel on, an, on, a, on a daily basis. And it's, so it can be very difficult to cope with all of that. And I totally agree with you um, when you're saying that we don't talk enough about taking care of ourselves mentally and entrepreneurs as entrepreneurs, we don't talk enough about that. I consider entrepreneurs being like of same as you know professional athletes. Professional athletes they understand both aspects: the physical aspect and the mental aspect. And like you know, they take time to recover uh, after long hours of training. I think we should also take time to recover mentally after long hours of working, but we don't do that. And I think entrepreneurs just need it so much. And like like you said. Do you agree?
2: Yes I I totally agree. I think that it's really important to take care of your mental well-being because ultimately that's where all your decisions come from that's Mm. where your happiness comes from and that's where your physical well-being comes from up here in your brain so take care of that don't neglect that Um, and, and however whichever way that you know you find the route to taking care of, that. So my route has always been reading, mm. reading books that open my mind and, and, you know, help me shed another perspective, another light on, on things. Um, because the, the, you know, the healthier you are in mind and body, the better execution of yourself you will give to any task you carry out in your, in your work, in your career and at your home
1: all right let's talk a little bit about legal stuff uh when you're a funder when you're an entrepreneur you have to deal with legal legal issues and it can be quite complicated because you know lawyers are they, they they have their own language which is a little bit difficult to understand sometimes if yourself you're not a lawyer what what should funders especially uh, learn which legal issues should should they be aware of?
2: When you're talking about funders, are you talking about people in business?
1: Yes, people people in business, but especially entrepreneurs. Founders like the business, of businesses, the business yeah. yes.
2: Right, okay. So I would say one of the most fundamental things to make sure you've got in place in business are the right contracts and agreements in the right spaces. Right. So it could be your premises, your your, your contract with your landlord or your the freeholder, what, you know, what are the T's and C's? What's the terms and conditions of that? It could be with your clients. What are the terms and conditions that you are going to agree and have in place with your clients? It could be with mm. your providers, if you're B2B. It doesn't matter who you're contracting with. There will be, at some point, even if you're selling homemade products on the internet, there will be somewhere where you need to think, What are my T's and C's? What are the terms and conditions? For example, if you are selling simple products or any products on the internet, do you offer refunds? If you don't, in the UK, the law says if your product or service doesn't work, you have to offer a refund. So regardless of whether you say no refund policy, if your product is defective, the UK Consumer Rights Act says you have to offer your, cl- your client or your, your you know, uh, customer a refund in full. Oh,
1: does it work also for service?
2: For service, yes, absolutely. If it's defective, if it doesn't work, if it hasn't done what it's supposed to do.
0: Hmm.
2: So having your contracts in place and they don't have to be complicated documents that go on for pages and pages and pages and that you spent lots of lawyers, lots of money to obtain. Yes. I I agree that there will be circumstances where taking legal advice is paramount. Um, but getting contractually in place what you should at whichever level of your business, there, there is room to do that. I think is absolutely key. Um, I'll give you an example um, protecting any asset that you have or anything that you've created is very important.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You may think that you're the only person doing it and you might be the only person doing it, checking if somebody else is doing what you're doing. So you're not infringing on anybody else's trademarks or brand names. And, you know, the Internet is a great place to start these sorts of checks and things. Um, And going back to the example that I was going to give you, the the guy that invented the Velcro wallet was a guy Mm. called Robert Kiyosaki. He's also the author of a long line of books called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You've heard of him, Lauren. Yes. So he invented the um, Velcro wallet in the 1980s. may have been late 70s, but I think it was early 1980s. He went over to the Far East and said, I want a big number of these wallets. I've got lots of big orders. They said, fantastic, of course, we'll provide you with that, sir. Off the factories went, providing him these Velcro wallets. Overnight, he became a multi, multi millionaire in the early 80s, right? Mm. And then overnight, within a short space of time, he became bankrupt. And the reason for that is because he did not go and patent protect his Velcro wallet idea. And the factories that he gave his orders to thought, blimey, how many, how many hundreds of thousands of these are we producing? There's a market for these. We will produce some as well. Okay. so very quickly, the market got flooded by people competing with him. Mm -hmm. So all this money he invested into getting this wonderful product that he created went up in smoke. So protect your business. And that, I would say, takes specialist legal advice when you're trying to protect a product, an idea, yeah. or trademarking your brand, because they are specialist areas in the law and they can save you, your business, um, you know, massively.
1: But, okay, so I'm trying to put myself in this guy's shoes when he started his business. You know, he's, again, it's very busy like a lot of small business owners are very busy. You know, what I'm
2: going to say, Lauren, don't, one of the things in life, I, a very wise man once told me, don't be busy with being busy.
1: Yes. Yes, you were talking about that earlier on. I, I agree with you. But like you said, it has to be a priority and legal stuff. It's not necessarily a priority in our mind because we, we don't be. necessarily see. It's not concrete, you know. it's it's not It's not tangible. So what can you... Uh, explain to the audience when you hear such objection
2: okay if you're going to go in business or perhaps you're already in business again a very wise man once told me many years ago never ever ever try to cut back costs or think that you don't need a a very good accountant Mm -hmm. and b very good legal advice because somewhere along your journey Either of those two areas of your business, which are fundamental for it to become successful and sustain itself and keep at that level, could come and bite you on the butt as we say here in England, mm-hmm. which means something could catch up with you that you thought that's not important. Oh God, I haven't got time for it. I haven't got money for it. I'm too busy making this business successful and it's growing so quickly and it's amazing. And all this money that I'm making, of course, I'm too busy to allocate time to that. Very, very frankly, I'd say only a fool will not take proper legal advice relevant to their business and what they're doing to protect it to make sure you're not open to litigation with your clients with people that you're doing business with with your landlord if you're a tenant potentially in a building you know you could be in a building and you've established this fantastic business for customers to come in every single day you you brought you know you've managed to achieve this great level of service and then your landlord says i'm selling the building you have to leave your customers will not run down the road six or ten miles with you if you don't have a a proper lease or an agreement rental agreement in place which allows you to renegotiate and and allows your landlord on a commercial basis not to get you out of a premises where you're building up goodwill from customers walking past you know your shop or your store Mm. always always and and shop around for where you're going to take your legal advice from shop around from where you're going to take your Accountancy advice from. Don't just trust. And I think that the the the, generally the sector has this trust element that if you say lawyer, you should be trusted or accountant. I have seen through my law firm Red bar Law a lot of lawyers that unfortunately I wouldn't touch with a barge pole to do anything for me. And they've always been on the other side of clients that we're representing. Mm. I have come across personally many quite a few accountants that I've just thought, what on earth is that person doing and why? Mm. Understand, take the time to understand every tier of your business. If you don't understand what the lawyers are telling you or somebody legal is telling you to try and explain the contract you need, the document you need in place, ask. Ask it to be simplified. If you don't understand what your accountant is telling you about your figures that have been churned out that month or what your taxes are due and how they even came about to be that, ask. Because as the owner of a business, don't ever forget that ultimately you are responsible for it. And if you understand your business, and again, another great saying that I love to live by is mind your own business. So mind your own business, mind it understand it at every level so when you go to an accountant and they give you figures and facts you understand what that means in Mm. every sense it's it's really crucial and you know again don't be busy with being busy and saying "I, I just I haven't got time for it because as I said earlier whatever you prioritize you will have time for
1: Amazing. I feel the passion in you when you talk, oh, when you talk about legal I
2: love work, Lauren. I told you that 30 <laughs> minutes ago. What could I say? I love work. I love talking about work, working.
1: <laughs> Is there anything, though, you would have done differently in your journey? Everything. No, I'm
2: only joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would I have done differently? Now, that's a, a question of hindsight. Hmm. OK, so people it's easy to look back after the event and say, oh, well, you know, shouldn't have done that, should you? Um, and I find that the politicians in the UK um, often do that to each other. You're a <laughs> well, bad not only party the UK. because you should have done that this way. And I just think, can we just talk about what we need to do now? So I'm a great believer that hindsight can be a very dangerous thing because it can end up where you, you work yourself up about it so much, about what you should have done differently that you end up beating yourself mentally up about something that you can't change because Mm -hmm. it's after the event. I think that the way I like to try and reflect is what have I learned from the past? What have I learned perhaps that doesn't work? Mm. What have I learned that works? What could I do differently to get things done or something done in a better way? So would I change anything? Look, we all think that we want to get to this high tier of success really quickly. But really, yeah. and I don't want to sound like some philosopher here, because I'm definitely not a good philosopher. It's a journey, right? Yes. It's the journey that makes you get there. Um, and I think that one of the things that we all perhaps do is we set ourselves a goal. And by the, by the time we're almost at that goal, we've already pushed the goal further, For example, Mm. with Get Legally Speaking, my podcast, I'll be honest, I never in a million years thought I was going to get a million downloads. Never. I didn't think there was a million listeners even remotely interested. I mean, the law is so boring. It can be (laughs) so boring, so uninteresting. And obviously what we try and do is bring it in a much more entertaining way and, Mm -hmm. you know, deliver it in short, sharp bursts so people don't quite get to fall asleep.
0: Right.
2: So yes I, I I think that there's things that I perhaps could have done better, but that's after I know what I know now mm-hmm. but um there isn't anything that I'll specifically say oh i I wished I'd done that differently i w- I won't put myself in that box
1: okay but still, I'm going to ask you what have you what have you learned that you should have done better that you can share with our audience
2: right um. That's a good question. It's a very good question. I think one of the things that I've learned and I've definitely tried to implicate that now is patience. Mm. Rome wasn't built in a day. And I have to say 10 years ago, even 20 years ago, I was very impatient. So I used mm. to sit there and sort of just fist up my hands and think, why isn't it happening on paper? it should work tick 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 and I'm sitting there why isn't it happening so patience having patience and just letting it happen sometimes a little bit after your effort's gone in rather than saying right I've done that this now should happen this should be the result of it there's no explanation why it shouldn't be and the other thing is how important being yourself actually is Lauren Mm. just being you Because early on in my career and my first career before the legal sector was in banking, corporate banking, very fast moving, harsh environment, takes no prisoners. And you try to become like that. So you try to become the industry that you're working in. And if you look at the sectors, you know, the banking sector or, you know, whatever sector it may be, there is a certain persona, isn't there, of person Mm -hmm. in each sector, roughly give or take. Unless you're, you know, you were Steve Jobs or you're Bill Gates and or Jeff Bozos, where they're just so unique in the way that they are. So, Elon Musk, as well, actually, you can probably say he's definitely a unique character. Just be yourself. Obviously, you have to have your, you know, the professional way about you and you know, you have to know how to deliver yourself. But being yourself and connecting with people on a human level, no matter. What you're trying to achieve, I think, will only bring good things to you. And I've learned that as time has gone on, as my age is ripening, should I say.
1: (laughs) I totally relate with you. You know, I was thinking, because I ask these questions all the time to my guests, what have you learned about yourself? So I was thinking, I was uh, asking that question to myself. And one of the things I, I learn about myself is exactly that, is that being an entrepreneur, being a funder, helps me become me and that the real me. You know, I release myself. <laughs> good.
2: Good. Let your per- there's, a, there's, a, there's a line that I read in a recent book by Gary Zukav called "The Seat of the Soul," saying, "Let your personality serve you. Yes. Don't serve your personality. Let it serve you, the true you, from within, of who yes. you are. And yes. that's what, you know, when you, you get attracted to people's personality or you think there's something about that person, they're a little bit infectious. It's because a real personality and a real sort of being, way of being, is being coming out rather than us trying to be moulded into these boxes of what we should be like.
1: Yeah, which is how I felt before when I was when I was working for others. Like you mentioned that being an avatar, that's exactly, that's exactly that. Great, I had a breakthrough today. Thank you. <laughs> Listen,
2: thank you. You know, we have both having breakthroughs here. Trust me.
1: <laughs> what do you want to take the, the, the business to? What's, what's your big dream, if you have any?
2: Yes, I certainly got the big dream. So the big dream, we get legally speaking, is to make it a household name. Mm. So that when people think, I need to just understand a little bit more about whether my landlord can do that or my tenant can do that, or for my divorce i need to understand a bit more about that whatever area motoring law it could be anything business partner disputes Mm. i.e have the contract so you don't have the business partners or or you limit the disputes that they think i'll just go and get legally speaking i'll just watch one of the videos i'll just listen to a podcast or i'll just um, go onto the website and that's where they go that's what i want it to become so it's always free for people to access it's always jargon free so it's plain mm. simple language and it just breaks down different areas of life in the way that we relate to them because there's no point in saying for example the consumer Act 1985 nobody wants to know that but you say returning a large item and being refused a refund yeah. Defective, you know, so you relate the topics to people, and people actually think of us first. That's the big dream. So everybody can access it, everybody knows about it, and everybody can get something out of it to help themselves in whatever their situation may be.
1: Nice. So here's an, a topic for you then shareholder agreements for startup funders.
2: Shareholder agreements. Let's write yes. that down. I'm going to yes. do that one specifically for you. so i'm gonna say at the beginning of that episode this episode is being done for lauren (laughs) um shareholder agreements for startups yes
1: i'm saying that because there's a lot you know there's a lot of startups now more and more of them with uh so many with co-founders and you know there's a lot of issues also happening between co-founders and one of the first thing they should be doing is uh, have a shareholder agreement, agreement, which they don't yes. most of the
2: time. Yes, yes. I've had a few this year where there's no agreement in place, but there's a few emails. Yeah, we're going in as partners or this yeah. and that. And the issues tend to come in two scenarios, actually, that I have seen in the last 18 months. We've, we've had lots of inquiries about shareholder uh, agreements and disagreements through in, in Red Bar Law. One is when things are going extremely well, Mm -hmm. so when there's lots and lots of money coming through all of a sudden i've seen where people are having disagreements saying we're we're 60 40 aren't we so you shouldn't be taking 50 50 or two when things are going extremely bad Mm -hmm. and when one partner's saying to another um you need to put you need to contribute just as much as i do we're we're equal shareholders so it's a very interesting topic and i am going to do that for you and i'll let you know when i've recorded it and i'll give you early access to it right before you. we publish it
1: great because i know i know a, a startup community that would be very happy to get more information about it <laughs> yes yes what is the one recommendation you would give to other entrepreneurs or business funders
2: the one thing well we've yeah. spoken about a few haven't we
1: yes.
2: about what i personally have found useful and helpful. And I'll just go back to those to be honest with you. I just say have your you know be disciplined mm-hmm. about what you're trying to achieve. Have a goal, have an aim and and don't be busy with just being busy because as a as a founder as a founder of a new business or a startup, there's so much to take care of like we mentioned before and you'll find that as you go out there and you start to look into areas of, of work that are connected to what you do and what you need and who you need to do business with or perhaps you're trying to bring in clients and customers make a list make a list with a clear mind you know what is it I'm going to do today what needs to be done today and try and you know get those things done but or equally don't beat yourself up if you didn't get to the end of your list by the end of your day because there's mm. always tomorrow and I think one of the things that I've seen and I used to do it many years ago, I used to just stay up later and later and later to get through the day, to get it all done. But what I was doing is just exhausting myself. So I wasn't performing at, the, at my best.
0: Yeah. And
2: when that stops happening, what you're doing has low value to it, than performing at your best. So make a list, be structured, try and be disciplined and structured. Um, if you don't get it done, it goes on to tomorrow's list, prioritise, prioritizing is key so that you kind of eliminate all the noise. And, and one of the things that, you know, can be incredibly distracting to a day's work, because I, I get it, is emails when they just ping, mm-hmm. ping, ping. And, you know, if it's come through, unless it says urgent, somebody's going to die or you're going to lose your business tonight, just it has to go in the queue of what mm-hmm. needs to be done. And that's even before we come onto our mobile phones. And, you know, the phone ringing and text messages. And then you've got WhatsApp messages. Um, I don't even sign on to the other platforms because it's just too much noise. There's a lot of noise out there and a lot of noise coming from many different directions, whether they're pings, they're dings or whatever they are. And now working from home, as we do, we get the door going with parcel. I've got more deliveries than Father Christmas probably did last year. (laughs) But try to be disciplined, try to be organised. And just have your target, have your target of where you're trying to get to. And that lays a focus on what you want to achieve. You know, I'm a very visual person, so I'll stick up there. For example, I had up 100,000 downloads. I had it up, I printed it out, and I stuck it up in my office. And I thought, that's mm-hmm. going to be really good for me to get to. And I don't know what, you know, you kind of draw these things into your life because you're so focused on getting there. And one of the things that i think is also really helpful to any business owner any new startup or anyone in business really sometimes it's really helpful to seek the advice of people that are close to you that that, that you value the opinion of so you know it it doesn't they don't have to be somebody in business mm. They don't have to be another entrepreneur, as you may put it, Lauren, (laughs) or somebody that's incredibly successful. It could be somebody who, you know, it could be a member of your family who's just doing their own thing. But you say, do you know, what do you think of this? Because let me tell you something. I seek the advice who my son's now 14. I seek his advice on this podcasting stuff often. Mm -hmm. Right. And he has given me some of the most key advice i think anyone could have given for example the technical side my husband mm. and my son are my it department <laughs> and recently he mentioned a platform he said "Mum, why don't you put your podcast on this platform and you can give people early access to episodes that haven't come out and they pay a small fee to get early access mm. i thought what a great idea now he's 14 and he knows this stuff so it's scary really but seek the advice and counsel or ask the opinion And it's actually better sometimes if that person doesn't understand your industry, because they will have such a fresh pair of eyes on it and say, what do you think of that? Does this look better? Does that look better? Does this sound good? Would you buy that? Would you eat that? Would you go there just to engage in their reaction? Because I think we're so busy sometimes trying to do the day to day that we don't think of that part, which yes. it causes
1: you to rephrase in your head your, your your business when you're talking about it to someone who doesn't know anything about yes. it. Yes. Yes. Great. Last question How can people contact you?
2: Oh my God. Um, right. Well, they can go to our website, which is getlegallyspeaking.com, or they can go to Red Bar Law if they need legal help at redbarlaw.com. I think that's the place to start. Our email addresses and contact telephone numbers are all there. So, yeah, feel free. I'm here.
1: Great. Well, thank you very much, Ati, for your time today.
2: Thank you, Lauren. I really appreciate the time you've given me. Thank you very much.
1: Me too. And thank you all for listening. I'd love to hear your feedback. Reach out to me and let me know what your favourite part of this episode was. See you next time. Bye-bye.